And welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. That is our Impact Media weekly MMA and pro wrestling show. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York, and welcome into another fantastic show. Hopefully you guys are having a good week so far. Having a pretty good one myself. Uh, already, already trying to polish the trophy for uh, Uncle of the Year. It look, it's not about awards to me, but hey, unfortunately, guys, I've already, I've already wrapped it up. I let my two youngest nephews know that this weekend, um, fun Uncle Jeremy will be taking them to a hockey game and um, the older one said that was pretty cool the younger one uh, I think didn't breathe for about 30 seconds and when he did uh, he was screaming yelling running around so pretty sure I hit a home run with that one so and before you guys say anything I've taken them to a wrestling show back travel to a wrestling show. So, I already knocked that one out. But, tons and tons to get into. Uh, Hopefully, you guys are at least half as excited as they were about that coming up. Things we're going to get into. We're going to talk the latest from Impact Wrestling. Uh, Ring of Honor, as they're in their last string of shows here for a while. Um, Got to talk about war games. In fact, I'll start off with that. Got to talk about Bellator's last show of the year that just happened on Friday, and oh wow, epic show! Not to be outdone, UFC Fight Night was pretty jam up too. And we got a preview UFC 269. Now there's another Fight Night next next week as well. After this. But the UFC is taking full advantage of being the main fight card in town. Because 269, man, is... Boy, what a card. But, as I said... Let's start. We always start with WWE, but let's do one better. Let's, in talking WWE, let's start. Uh, oh, as always, if you want to follow the show at Team Impact Media on Twitter, we'll get you all of the shows. At The Impact 99, we'll get me on Instagram, Twitter, Triller, TikTok, all of those. You can search for us, Impact Media, on Facebook. I'm also on there as well. And as the thing goes, this goes for this show, too. I don't know if I say it enough on here. I just told you guys. All right, or I'll say it now. This Saturday, myself and my nephews will be at the Atlanta Gladiators game. This goes even for this show, even though this is the MMA Pro Wrestling Show. If. If you are at said show and you find me, now, once again, I will be with a couple little kids who can't fend for themselves. 
a couple little kids, so hey, let's let's approach with caution. And in doing so, if you see me at an event, come find me. We will take a, a photo, a selfie, whichever. Load that up. Tag it online. And we'll send you some swag. That's how easy it works. And when you get that swag, take a picture, send it up. Because I think you guys know this. But if I say something, I mean it. So if you see me at an event, we take a picture, you tag it up, I will send you something. It's that easy. It's that easy, folks. Let's talk about war games. War games. One, one of the matches that I feel like we could do without. And is it because it is fantastic? That has a lot to do with it. But it is not just because it is fantastic. It's because somebody always gets really, really hurt during this match. And they had a women's and a men's uh, that we will talk about. Because they had old school versus new school, it was, uh, there was a moment, or there was a lot of moments, but there was one that I have to call out. And we'll get to that. But let's start. Let's start with the women's war games. Now, the way war games works, the way war games works, you have two teams of, of usually four. They've done it with five before, but two teams of four. And you start with one member of each team, and they go at it for a handful of minutes. They tend to, like, change the number of minutes, but either way. And then based on a coin toss, or on this in this case, a ladder match, one team gets the advantage of uh, getting this into an extra member. So you get a two-on-one for so long, then it becomes a two-on-two. Then a three-on-two, three-on-three, four-on-three, four-on-four, and then war games officially starts and there's pinfaller submission from there the first pinfaller submission your team wins it's a brutal match because this is in a double ring with a steel cage around with a top on it yeah it's that's it's real brutal that's why i said i it wouldn't hurt my feelings if they they got away from it because people usually get really really hurt during it and um, I hate that for the performers. And I hate that for us, too, because the performers are hurt. The ones we want to see, then it's, it's you know, then it makes you think about whether you want to watch or not. Because if, if you're tuning in to see, you know, think about your favorite baseball team. If you're tuning in to see your favorite baseball player play, but you find out he's not playing, well, you may not tune in. If you know your favorite person's hurt, well, it's going to affect how long before you flip over. Things like that. Flip over to another channel. But that is what it is. Uh, let's start with the women. Raquel Gonzalez, Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and uh, Kaylee. 
forgot Kaylee's last name. What is Kaylee's last name? Let's find it real quick. Kaylee's last name. Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray. Before I could even find it. Kaylee Ray. Who just recently came over from across the pond. And they haven't really done much with her yet, so why not stick her in this match? What better way to say welcome to America than a double steel cage ring? Uh, but they took on Dakota Kai and uh, uh, Fatal Attraction. Of course, it's Gigi Dolan, it is JC Jane, and it is Mandy Rose. All champions, either tag champions or world champion there. Well, a lot of interesting spots, a lot of big time uh, moments in this, but ultimately it came down to, I believe Cora Jade got the, the pin in this, which... Okay. But either way, Team Gonzalez beats Team Dakota Kai in Fatal Attraction. What does that mean? I'm not sure it does. But at some point, I feel like Io Shirai and Cora Jade are going to team up for a minute. Maybe they go after the tag team championships that Gigi and JC both have. And as far as a... And I think Kaylee Ray is going to maybe start something with either Dakota Kai or with Mandy Rose. So, you know, it kind of stirs up some things there. But ultimately, this was just an entertaining match. I don't think it has any real merit towards things happening. It's just a pretty cool match. We had Imperium, who beat Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. It is still up in the air, whether Kyle Kyle's contract situation. Um, I tend to think he may stick around at least for another year or so. Everybody thinks he's going to go join Bobby Fish and, and Adam Cole and AEW. It's getting pretty super crowded over there. But I think Kyle's going to stick around. Maybe not. Who knows? But ultimately, Imperium wins, as they should. They're the established team, and the other are, are just a fun little team they've stuck together. They don't need to be tag champs. Imperium needed a solid win off the off the bat. And they get one over Kyle O'Reilly and, and Von Wagner. That's Those two are going to brutalize you, but they survived it. So good for Imperium. In a hair versus hair match, we get Cameron Grimes. I don't know him for his hair. That's his chest hair, but his, his hair in general. Versus Duke Hudson. Well, Cameron Grimes went to the moon. Or Cameron Grimes went to the moon. Love that, by the way. It's, he is such a he is such a personality. But uh, he wins. Duke has to shave his head. Duke does shave his head. I don't think that really affects. I don't think that really affects uh, he, anything going forward with him. Uh, he had decent hair, but it wasn't really part of what he did. And uh, Cameron Grimes wins another big hub profile match. Uh, it'd be nice if he just had a regular match. But uh, Cameron Cam is, is such a tremendous talent that uh, I, I look forward to see. He, he could, I think if he continues on the path he's on, he's going to be NXT champion. Some point, hopefully, in, in the not-so-distant future. Cameron Grimes is just... I've been watching him for years, and, and the guy can just go. 
And uh, I really think he can. I really think Cameron Grimes, um, you know, if he were to win one of those call your shot things like Carmelo Hayes did, not saying he couldn't uh, cave in out of nowhere and, and be world champ. Of course, it would be a while before they do another one of those matches. But, hey, Cameron Grimes, big win. Roderick Strong defended his cruiserweight belt versus Joe Gacy. I'm not saying I wanted Gacy to win. It would have been interesting. But this this was the most uneventful match of the entire thing. It was a good match, but it just didn't mean much. Roderick Strong gets an okay win versus Joe Gacy, who's just really getting this gimmick off the ground. And uh, not really established yet. And uh, wasn't a whole lot very special about it. It's almost like they're just trying to run the kind of cruiserweight 205 division into the ground. Joe Gacy wants to open it up to everybody. I don't have a problem with that. Do something because it's kind of losing its luster. And uh, Roddy just, it, it was just okay. It didn't mean anything towards his legacy. It didn't mean anything towards uh, anything really going forward, except for he kept his belt, and Joe Gacy got a loss. So, I don't know. Just kind of filler more than anything. And then that left us new school versus old school. Old school being NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa. Johnny Wrestling, otherwise known as Johnny Gargano. Got L.A. Knight. Told you guys that guy has a hell of a pedigree, especially before he got to NXT. NXT, he has just more of a pedigree. And Pete Dunne, arguably the best, toughest wrestler in NXT. I'm here to tell you, it's one of those people say a lot of times, hey, if you're in a bar fight, who would you want on your side? I want Pete Dunne. He's going to, like, rip somebody's finger off or something and, like, shove it up their nose. So, yeah, give me him. I'd take him over Rich Holland. I'd take him over about anybody on the roster. I don't want to be in a bar fight, but in case I am, I want Pete Dunn on my side. Don't you? If you don't want Pete Dunn on your side, hey, enjoy being the losing side. Pete Dunn's not going not gonna to stop. Pete Dunn, it's not just because he's English. He reminds me of he should have been part of the Peaky Blinders family. If you haven't watched that show, you need to. It's a little graphic at times, so hey, put the kids to bed before you do that. But he done, man. He He's not going to stop. He's one of those, you got to kill him to beat him, and you ain't going to kill him. So he, uh, he's going to come at you. The dude just has all the holds, and the he, he very much, if he was not in NXT, he could shine in New Japan because he is very much like uh, Minoru Suzuki and he will just put you in a hold, it'll hurt. And if you try to do, he'll just do a more of a hold and more of a hold like Zack Sabre Jr. He just hold after hold after hold after hold. And they'll just kick you in the face. He is just fantastic. Just fantastic. But that was team old school. Which is weird because a couple of those guys aren't so old. I think none of those guys are really that old. And I say that because they're my age. But they took on the new school, so to say. Old school versus new school. New school. Braun Breaker. I'll say it. They won't say it. Son 
of Rick Steiner, which makes him the nephew of Scott Steiner. That is why uh, Johnny Gargano called him uh, Booty Nephew the other day, because, well, Scott Steiner at one time was known as the Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Or Big Bad Booty Daddy or something. I don't remember. Something like that. Uh, both exceptional people, by the way. Not not just Braun, but uh, Rick and Scott Steiner, exceptional people. Met them multiple times, exceptional people. Uh, you got Carmelo Hayes, the current North American champion. You had Grayson Waller, up-and-coming guy. He gets a lot of screen time. And you had uh, Tony D'Angelo, up-and-coming guy who hadn't done much, but he was part of this team. I predicted old school would have would would uh, would prevail, but I didn't have a piece of key information. I didn't have confirmation of it that that confirmation would have told me what was going to happen. So new school wins. I think Braun had the the pinfall to make it happen, which is fine. They really love this kid. Once again, I say, I don't know if I said it on this show or not, but they like Braun Breaker so much that they got rid of three people to sign him, to to, to move him onto to the main NXT roster. And the thing was, is they were on the main roster of Raw or SmackDown. And they made room. And it's because he is... There are parts of them that make up him. Uh, Obviously, Braun Strowman, because he's super strong. And you can't have a Braun and a Braun. B-R-O-N. B-R-A-U-N. Can't have two Brauns. So, Braun Strowman, thanks for coming. You can't have... uh, God, what's his name? Dean Mutati. Gronk's friend. Otherwise known as... I just forgot his name. Just forgot his name. Um, oh, Mojo Riley. You're rid of Mojo because Braun is super hyped like he is and, and high energy and everything. In fact, Braun Breaker wrestles a lot like a lot like his or he looks a lot like his dad. He wrestles and has a personality like his uncle. It might be one of the greatest combinations you can put together. But uh, uh, there, was a, there was a couple other ones, too, that are slightly similar to what Braun does. But they got rid of them to make room for him. They were already going to let Braun walk. You could argue that Mojo Riley hadn't, Raleigh hadn't been on TV in a year and that's fine. But they still got rid of them to make room for him. I think that highly. Um, I don't think he's going to be NXT champ as fast as people think. But New School wins. And the piece of information that would have, that if I would have had confirmation would have told me, was that this was the last... NXT match for Johnny Gargano. His contract actually expired a week ago. 
He signed a special one-week contract because he had never been in war games, always wanted to be in war games. So he signed the contract so that he could be in this match. He'd never been in it. And he got to knock that off the bucket list. He said there wasn't much that he hadn't done like that, and that was that was what he was looking at. So Gargano's contract is is done. After Sunday, after last Sunday, just two days ago, Johnny Gargano is technically a free agent. Now, once again, I have not seen Monday or Tuesday's show. So obviously tonight's show, if Johnny showed up, maybe he signed a new contract. Maybe he showed up to say goodbye. But he is going to be a free agent, and he is going to move back to the independent scene. I just want to say, it's almost not enough to call him Johnny Wrestling. He is by far one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I've said that before here. The things he does and the way he interacts, and I mean, it's, I mean, look, he's not Ray Mysterio size, but he's a smaller guy. And in being a smaller guy, you would think, well, it's hard for him to match up with, he matches up with everybody. He makes everybody better. He looks great in the process. Johnny Gargano is one of the greatest institutions in wrestling. And he's going to be missed. And I, for one, am going to, I hope he goes to a place that I can, I hope he goes to a place that, that I can still watch and that you can still watch. I hope that uh, I'm sure he will. I'm I'm not real sure where he could go. There's a lot of places he could go. But he's going to be missed, man. He's he's going to be missed. I hope that Indy Hartwell and Austin Theory get the chance to thank him and Candice LeRae for all that they did in just the past handful of months, taking them under the wing with the whole of the way. And uh, Austin Theory has, has Johnny Gargano to thank for a lot. His main roster spot, the all the stuff he has going right now, the fact that Austin Theory is so highly thought of, he's in a lot of sketches with, uh, in a lot of programs with Mr. McMahon right now. That I mean, that's just, that's crazy. Vince doesn't just automatically do that unless he likes you. That that just speaks volume to what Johnny has done. Uh, for Dexter Loomis, who was a little banged up, he'll be back. But, yeah, up until, you know, the whole Andy Hartwell-Dexter Loomis thing didn't happen until Andy Hartwell was with Gargano and Lorraine. And now that brings up the other thing. What about Candace Lorraine? Well, she's currently pregnant. And what that does is when uh, when you're pregnant, it freezes your contract. So if you had six months left at that point, if you had a year left, whatever you had left, it freezes it. Once, once, uh, once your child is brought into the world, your contract starts back over. Or, or not starts over, but it's, it picks up where it left off. So she still has a handful of months left on her contract. I believe hers would have ended about the same time. There's a chance she sticks around, too. We'll just have to see. 
Um, my guess is that she's going to join Johnny, and they're going to go somewhere. I don't think Johnny's going to wait. Johnny's going to go somewhere first. He's going to keep working. He's just that good. He, he, I mean, I got Johnny Gargano in my top five in the world right now. I haven't been able to keep up with New Japan, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say probably either Okada or Naito have got to be one of those five spots, maybe two. Uh, Johnny Gargano's in there. Um, Omega's hurt, so we can't say him. Uh, AJ Styles is in that list. I mean, it's 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 hard to put together that list, but I, I got Gargano in there. I wish him the best. I know I spent a lot of times talking about this, but gosh, this this one hurt. I had an idea. I had I didn't have confirmation that he was officially done done, but now I do. Uh, wish you the best, Johnny. Hey, now that he's not under WWE contract, maybe we can get him on this show. That's something we will look at doing. I I see the comments, the questions, suggestions. Johnny Gargano is one of the most requested guests that you guys want to see on here. So, I'll do what I can. I'll see what I can. Johnny, if you're listening to this or somebody that knows Johnny listens to this, we'd love to have you as a guest on this show. We will work out the logistics of this. Uh, We'll do what we can. That being said, that being said, War Games overall, I give it a B plus. It really didn't solve a whole lot. Like Imperium gets their win. Roddy gets a win. Uh, New school over old school. Okay, we get it. But what do you do going forward? Cameron Grimes, I think. Beyond that, okay. Not real sure. But, in in any case, let's go to Raw. Let's let's get through uh, some of the wrestling here because we won't talk fighting in a minute. But some big things happen as well. Um, you got Seth and Finn Balor. You've got Kevin Owens thrown in there. You've got Big E thrown in there. It's going to eventually be the three-way. That's what they're working towards. It's going to be, I mean, after... So, Big E and Kevin Owens have a match. And the thing is, if Kevin Owens wins the match, then he gets added to the day one pay-per-view in Atlanta on January 1st. Still debating whether we want to jump on that. But he gets added to that and becomes a triple threat between Seth, KO, and Kev- and, and um, Big E. Well, he baits Seth into jumping in the ring and attacking him. So he gets added to the match. Let's talk about that match. First of all, I like that Finn Balor is in on the mix. I don't want to see a fatal four-way. Don't want to see. That's a, that's a chaotic mess. Because the way a fatal four-way works is uh, it's just way too many people. But you have two active people in the ring with the main action. And the other two usually on the outside of the ring kind of waiting their turn. You usually don't have all four very active very often. Uh, think of a triple threat. How often a triple threat do you see all three people involved in something? Not very much. Because one is usually uh, incapacitated somewhere. 
on the outside or inside the ring. And the two other ones are going at it, high spots, things like that. Same thing with the Fatal 4, we just have two inactive people and two active people. That's just how it works, because it's just chaotic to be full-time the entire time. So, Seth versus KO versus Big E. Now, we'll preview this as we get closer to it. But this is three of your biggest, brightest stars in one match. That is incredible. That is incredible. I'm not giving the writing staff any credit. I'm going to say that a blind squirrel sometimes finds a nut so he doesn't starve to death, and I think you stumbled into a good thing. Because at some point you were just going to put the right people together. So, good job there. Uh, other stuff. I look forward to that match, by the way. That's I, I'm Big E grows on you. He's just a super cool guy. I love all the stuff he's done with Iowa University in the past couple months with him doing so well this year and him doing a lot of the hype videos and things. It's so great. Uh, I hate they had a split new day for him to happen, but, hey, him being world champ, I have no problems with. And Seth and Kevin Owens are two of my absolute favorites currently in the WWE. So, uh, once again, those two could wrestle a mop, and you would think the mop was Ric Flair. Uh, other stuff on Raw that I thought was entertaining, besides Austin Theory getting the big bump that we we talked about a minute ago with Gargano, uh, they really think highly of this guy. He has had some fantastic moments. I love the selfie aspect. Even though they've done it before, the way he does it is fresh and new, and it fits. It fits a lot of stuff he does. So good for Austin Theory. Looks like Edge and Miz are going to kind of get into a thing. I don't have a problem with that. Edge, brand new to Raw for the first time in a while. The Miz and Maurice looking awesome, as always. Back on Raw after Dancing with the Stars that Miz did pretty good on. And Edge, to me, when they had their, their verbal spat there, Edge had one of the better lines. Miz had some really good ones, too. Edge said, hey... I don't disrespect you at all. I have the utmost respect. I'm paraphrasing. There's a reason why people in other companies say your name. It's not in jest. It's because you have an impressive resume. You beat Cena at WrestleMania. You did all these big things. You are one of the biggest presences here in the WWE. It's true. It's absolutely true. As Miz said before, every time there's a media engagement, somebody needs to get up at 4.30 to do the radio rounds or to do Zoom meetings, or you need somebody on Dancing with the Stars or somebody in this capacity, it's usually the Miz. The Miz is just that great presence, and having him versus Edge, I think it's just going to be spectacular. That's, once again, putting two people I really, really liked in the ring together. I think they actually match up well. I don't think Maurice is going to play that big of a part, but if they wanted to, they could bring back Beth Phoenix, who is officially done announcing on NXT. She announced the other day, I believe, that War Games was her last. Um, I think it's because they're going to do some sort of uh, mixed tag stuff with uh, the Miz and Maurice.
and I'm all for it. Big fan of all four of them. Uh, what else was there? Um, they keep building Liv Morgan up. I don't have I don't have a problem with it, but I mean they're just kind of building her up, building her up, building her up, but it's it, it's not sticking for some reason. And she's got a great personality. She got a she got a pretty decent gimmick. It's just not sticking. It's it's not she's not getting the crowd to react enough. And it's it's not always her fault. I just I don't know. They've got to do something different to shake it up because as of right now as much as Liv deserves the moment and everything like that, she is not going to come anywhere close to Becky Lynch. It, it, even with a title shot or not. Uh, so, I, I, they just, I, I like the matchup, but Becky Two Belts, Becky Big Time, whatever you want to call Becky Lynch, She's gonna smoke Liv Morgan like a like a Christmas ham. It's they've got to do something. They got to do something, you know. They just got to do something with that. Um, let's go to SmackDown. SmackDown. They had this funny moment, and yes, it was funny. It was, it was funny to everybody, probably but Sami Zayn. But if you hadn't seen it, go back and see it. Uh, the the moment they opened up the show between Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn, where Brock pretty much talks Sami into, which is a nice way of saying, forces Sami into his title shot with Roman Reigns during the show as opposed to at a big pay-per-view because, well, Brock wants to go to day one and take on Roman Reigns. So he needs this match out of the way. But he says, "Hey, Sammy, if, uh, even though you're going to do it tonight, I'll be—I'll come down here and back you up." Yeah, that didn't go well. Um, before the match, Brock came down there and decimated Sammy Zayn, propped him up in the corner, promptly left. Roman Reigns come down, and between him and the Usos, picked the bones. Roman has one of his easiest title defenses ever. I hate it for Sammy Zayn. Although, it's just kind of fit. He's kind of a lovable loser, even though he's a heel. And, um, yeah, it, uh, it didn't go well for Sammy. But it sets up Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at day one. This really should be WrestleMania, but they're going to do it at day one. It really could have been Royal Rumble. They're going to do it at day one. Part of the reason why I've considered going to that event, like I said, since it's in Atlanta on New Year's Day. We'll see. We'll just see. We'll see what's going on with that. But uh, that's that's just going to be a fantastic matchup. It's, we get to see that again. We'll see if there's any shenanigans with this one. The referee gets knocked down or Paul Heyman. Or, there's a lot of factors and a lot of things here. Um, 
I'll be honest. If somebody was to break Roman Reigns' streak of having the belt for as long as he had, I almost don't want it to be Brock. And I'm a huge Brock fan. Big Roman fan. Huge Brock fan. I mean, heck, I was mad at Frank Mir for six months for beating Brock Lesnar in an MMA match. And I'm a Frank Mir fan. I just, I don't, they got to find some way to have Brock not win again. Because then you do the rematch at WrestleMania and you make more cash than you count. But that's what they're kind of looking at with that. Uh, other things they are kind of doing on SmackDown. Uh, the Tony Storm Charlotte stuff is going to be fun. This was funny on SmackDown as Tony Storm got the chance to hit Charlotte with a pie in the face. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other people that would rather do that, but uh, good for Tony Storm. That she she got her get back moment. Even though everybody's like, well, Charlotte got her with two pies. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This uh, that that was a good. It was a good one. They need to establish Tony a little more. I wish they would. But Tony Storm versus Charlotte is going to be a lot better than you think it is because a lot of you guys don't know how good Tony Storm is. She is fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. So I look forward to that matchup. I really do. I know I've talked about it a little bit before, but somebody's got to dethrone Charlotte. I wish it was Tony Storm. It probably won't be, but whoever does is going to be an instant star. And then Charlotte will pout about it. She'll get the belt back. Yeah, I heard her and Andrade aren't doing so well either. So that is what it is. Um, other things worth noting. The Usos versus the New Day. I like that feud. Two of the better established teams, especially on SmackDown, but probably in the WWE. Uh, that way, you can still get King Woods and Hand of the King Kofi. You, you can still do those things. You can still do that without him taking on Roman, which he's just not going to beat Roman right now. So it's let him do something else. And I like him against the Usos. Uh, it's, it's a good matchup. Cesaro versus Sheamus. I know that... Gosh, what is his name? Um, Rich Holland. I know it is really a way to bring Rich Holland in. But at the same time... Sheamus versus Cesaro. They used to be partners. They feuded at a best of seven series before they become the bar tag team. Uh, they don't just set the bar. They are the bar. Could be a good way to bring Ridge in. I don't know why the three of them don't, don't form a trio and just take out everybody. That would be a better idea. I think that would be a better idea. But they didn't ask me. Moving on, let's go to AEW Dynamite. We'll talk AEW. AEW Dynamite, Brian Danielson took out another member. This was Alan Angels. He is uh, number five of of the Dark Order. Uh, it was a pretty good match. This happened in Atlanta. Knew some friends that went down to that. Good for AEW to come back to the stronghold that WCW had. It still is WCW country, so 
Uh, even though I mean, I'm a huge WWE fan, you know, it is what it is. But Danielson gets that win. He's going to set up the showdown with John Silver. It's coming up week, actually tomorrow, Wednesday. For those of you, maybe you listen to us on a Wednesday. Then it happens tonight. CM Punk took on Lee Moriarty. What a great name to have. CM Punk, of course, wins, but then he gets into a verbal spat with MJF. CM Punk MJF has got to be at a pay-per-view, and it should be fun. Their verbal battles are really good, but they both need each other. CM Punk needs an MJF on his resume, a really good match with somebody like that to, to, uh, to really bring him back up to the present. And MJF needs a CM Punk on his resume to show that he can go with an unorthodox just absolute great wrestling. Um, let's see. The Gun Club, Colton and Billy Gunn with Austin in their corner took on Sting and Darby Allen. In the end, Sting takes out Colton. But this is actually really good. Billy is mainly doing this to help his sons Austin and Colton. I'm not sure why Austin's not wrestling. It may be hurt. But to take on Sting and Darby Allen on AEW is a spot you want to be in. Definite spot you want to be in. We had Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho in the final quarterfinal, quarterfinal match of the TBS Women's Championship. Ruby Soho, of course, wins that. But uh, her and Chris Statlander, man, they... They very much tore the house down. This was a fantastic match. Absolutely just ridiculously good match. Actually, of course, Soho wins there. Let's see, it's her and Nyla Rose, Jade Cargill, and Thunder Rosa are your final. I think it's Thunder Rosa Cargill, and I think it is Nyla Rose, Ruby Soho. Those are four of the best. They, they did a good job with this. Now, it's, it's no discount to any of the other amazing uh, women talents in this bracket because I could have made a case for any of them. It was a loaded, studded, just star-studded bracket. But given the way that could play out, I'll be honest, Thunder Rosa versus Ruby Soho should be your final and as much as I want Thunder Rose to win, if you want to give it to Ruby Soho, I'm okay with that, too. But if Nyla Rose gets it, that's fine, too. Jade Cargill, you keep trying to make her into a star. She's not. At least not yet. She's good at squash matches. We saw her in a triple threat, and it was awful. She no-sells everybody, and she botches half of her own stuff. She tried to do a pump kick to the face of a smaller opponent and hit them in the stomach. If you can't kick higher than that, then don't do the kick. I just, I don't like it. I don't know why they keep trying to make her a star. She's not there yet. She's not ready. Find somewhere else for her. Uh, there was a Andrade versus Cody in a Atlanta street fight. It ended with a spot where Brandy 
lit a table on fire. And Cody took most of the blow, but Cody put Andrade through that table. At first, I had no idea why they would do a spot like that. There's no reason to. There's no history between them that would suggest something like that. But then Cody was quoted as saying he wanted to give Atlanta his technical hometown. He's from Marietta. Grew up in Marietta. But he wanted to give Atlanta a new good memory. Okay. I'll give you that, Cody. It was a memory. Uh look like you were a little disoriented after the fact as well. So uh, just uh, just crazy how that works out. But, uh, yeah, overall, it was an okay match. There were spots here and there that were good, and there were other spots where you're just like, what in the world are they doing? But to end with a flaming table like that, I would see him and Andrade didn't make as much sense where if it were him and Malachi Black, light the table on fire. That would make a lot more sense. But Tony Khan's doing a good job, so I'm going to leave him alone with that. Now, that was pretty much Rampage. When you get to... No, that no, that was Dynamite. This is Rampage. Sammy Guevara took on Tony Nese. Tony Nese is a really, really good talent. A lot of people don't know who he was. He did some pretty good stuff, 205 Live, things like that. But uh, him and Guevara went toe-to-toe. It was a, a good quality match. Guevara wins. It seems to me they should give him a week off or two to get him healed up because he is he is banged up really bad, and it's it's starting to affect the matches where sometimes you're not sure he's going to make it through. But Sammy Guevara is a warrior, and he's going to keep persevering through. It was, a, it was a really solid match to open up Rampage. Jade Cargill had a squash match versus a Thunder Rosa student. This is what I said. It's a waste of time. Absolute waste of time because uh, I hate squash matches. The best squash matches, and and I don't like them at all, but the best squash matches are the ones where uh, the talent who's going to get ran over gets a chance to get some things in and at least look like they have a chance. Because if it's all one-sided, you're wasting my time. This was one-sided. Jay Cargill no-sold everything. She didn't let Janai Kai do a single thing at all. So you wasted my time. And if you wasted my time, I'm going to start fast-forwarding through your matches. Because you're just wasting my time. It meant nothing. There was just a notch on the belt. It didn't even mean a single thing. Squash, squash matches help no one. No one. And they keep doing them. Uh, FTR versus Pac and Penta El Zero Miedo was decent. God, it started to turn into a cluster. And Malachi Black coming in at the end, it just made it a bigger cluster. FTR ends up with the win. The problem was is there were travel issues or visa issues with Ray Phoenix. So he was not able to make the taping, so Pac had to step in. So he did, and it was a pretty good match, but it just it lacked any real chemistry. It was just 
whoever the active wrestler got like a couple minutes to get some stuff in, and then the next active wrestler, next active, next active, next, and it just eh, no continuity, no continuity at all. Uh, let's do Ring of Honor while we're at it. PJ Black took on Bandito. It ended up being a DQ because PJ Black, who had hypnotized Flip Gordon, who still thinks it's 2019, apparently. He had hypnotized him, and when he woke and when he woke him up from being hypnotized, he he attacked Bandito. It just uh, didn't make a lot of sense. I just, I don't, once again, it's kind of a waste of time. I don't know why they're even doing storylines because we know by this weekend, there's probably no more Ring of Honor shows until April. Uh, speaking of which, Mandy, Mandy Leon took on Willow for a number one contenders match. Well, that ended up being that ended up being uh, Willow's coming out party. Willow ends up being the number one contender. She's going to face Roxy at Final Battle on December 10th or 11th. I think it's 11th coming up. Uh, but one thing that did happen with the PJ Black and Bandito match is since it was a DQ and it was kind of a weird spot, it turned into a tag match where PJ Black and Flip Gordon took on Bandito and Ray Horace. Now, this was a better match. There were some good spots between them. I still don't understand the storylines and the gimmicks when it's not going to matter in a week or two. But Bandito ends up with the win over PJ Black. He's able to do his... Uh, not real sure what you call... What you call his finisher. Aces up or something like that. But uh, it, it was fantastic, as it always is. And uh, that was that was kind of Ring of Honor in a nutshell. Uh, what are we missing? Impact Wrestling? We're missing Impact Wrestling. We can't. We can't leave them out. They're doing good stuff. There is a... It's weird, because you have Moose and W. Morrissey. Morrissey, who is no longer with the company. Who had this, uh, it sets up a tag match with Cardona, Matt Cardona, and Eddie Edwards. We get all the way to it, it ends up being a, uh, a pretty decent tag match. It's, it's a weird mix of people, but a pretty decent tag match. And then, in the end, Cardona pins Moose with a kind of a roll-up. And then W. Morrissey attacks Moose, because he realizes he's never going to get a title shot if he's friends with Moose and he helps Moose. He needs to just get a title shot. So we will know how many tapings they did in a row. They usually do quite a few when W. Morrissey is no longer on the broadcast, which is probably pretty sure. I mean, pretty pretty soon. Uh, I, do, I still like Moose as the champ. If you want to make Matt Cardona the champ, I'm fine with that too. Either one of them. But Moose as the champ is something that should have happened a year ago. You need to keep pushing it. Definitely keep pushing it. Uh, let's see other things. Uh, we've got to see the debut of Jonah. He 
forgot what his name was and I forgot what his name was in NXT, but he was the big Australian guy. Like a uh, big solid like snowball of a guy. But uh he ended up he ends up with a uh, a big win to get established, but between New Japan and Impact Wrestling, he can do he can do some damage. And I look forward to it. He's he's a super talent. I hated that NXT ended up getting rid of him. I understand what the really their call is WWE's call. But uh that, that dude's gonna do some really big things on the indie scene. Um I'll be honest, not much else happened on Impact Wrestling. Not much else really. So, as we're getting towards the end of the show, let's talk a little bit about... Alright, are we going to start? Yeah, we'll start with Bellator. We'll start with Bellator because uh, we'll end by previewing... We'll end with previewing, I guess, Final Battle and UFC 269. Bellator, of course, had their big main event. Now, their biggest announcement, their announcement was bigger than their card, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Their announcement is that... There's going to be a new Grand Prix, and it is going to include the Bantamweight division. You're going to get uh, Kyoji Horiguchi. You're going to get Sergio Pettis. You're going to get Rathion Stotts. You're going to get... Um, See, let's look at the list. Yeah, Sergio. You're going to get Juan Archuleta. You're going to get James Gallagher. Let's see. So we're going to get do Sergio Pettis, Juan Archuleta. You're going to get James Gallagher. You're going to get Josh Hill is the alternate at the moment. They probably have more than one alternate. Kyoji Horiguchi. Going to be in there. Magomed Magomedov, I believe, is in there. Going to get Patchy Mix. Let's see, that's six. Raphael Stotts is seven. And yeah, Jared Scoggins, maybe, is number eight. I, I think something like that. But they're going to have a Grand Prix. It's going to be starting. Very, very soon. And uh, it's going to be fantabulous. Fantabulous bantamweight. That's why Raphael stops. Instead of calling out the champ after his last win, he says, I want to see a Grand Prix. And you get your wish. You get your wish, Stotts. So let's talk about the main card of Bellator 272. Uh, Johnny Eblen picked up the TKO victory over Colin Hookbody. It's a pretty good fight.
pretty good fight, you know, in the uh, middleweight feature bout. In the bantamweight feature bout, you had Josh Hill versus Jared Scoggins. Maybe Scoggins isn't in it because uh, Josh Hill wins this by TKO. He becomes, it was announced after he, he got that, that he is the alternate. In, and we know between COVID and injuries and things like that, that he's going to get in there somewhere. We'll see where he ends up. But uh, good for Josh Hill. Great bantamweight win for him. Uh, Jeremy Kennedy had the decision win over Emmanuel Sanchez in the featherweight division. That's a pretty good fight. And in the main event, Kyoji Horiguchi was winning three rounds to zero. And in the fourth round, Sergio Pettis started to battle back a little bit. And then he did a glorious spinning back fist. Sent Kyoji to Dreamland. And Sergio Pettis retains his title and brings up the Grand Prix. Now we get to see the Grand Prix. Right? We get to see the Grand Prix. Grand Prix are awesome. We're probably going to see a couple in, was it mid-January, I think, is their next event? Do we do we have that yet? Mid-January to early February is, is the next the next event. So it will be fun to get to see that. But, hey, Bellator, man, you put on a hell of a show. Lots of ton, lots of ton, tons of great fights this year. I look forward to see what they've got coming next year. I like that they're taking the break. Actually, I like it a little better than what UFC is doing. But hey, I'm not the one calling the shots there. Good for UFC. Speaking of UFC, UFC Fight Night. Let's talk about uh, some of the bigger fights. You had uh, Alex Morano with the decision win over Mickey Gall. Look, none personal, Mickey. I know I picked you, but you lost that fight. Alex Morano definitely won the fight. You had Chris Curtis, who beat Brendan Allen by KO in the middleweight division. Uh, if you didn't see that, you should go back and see that. That was a, a fantastic one. Uh, Leonardo Santos, a Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, seven-time world champion in jiu-jitsu. He lost to Clay Guida. And here's, why, here's part of why he lost. First of all, Captain Caveman, as I call him. Clay Guida is a dog. You have to take him out to beat him. And he didn't take him out. He dropped him with some good shots, including the kick to the midsection. And he jumped on him and kept pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding. But he wasn't doing enough to take Clay out. And so he pretty much shot his wad. He pretty much completely tired himself out. So he survived that round. And as he survived that round, he got a minute break. So for the next 30 seconds to a minute in the next in the second round, he was uh, trying to battle back and do some things. And then the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt seven-time world champ got submitted by Clay Guida, who does not, is not a submission guy. But he put a rear naked choke on him, and he was so tired he had to tap. So good for Clay Guida. He had some great moments after the, the match, talking about his parents and other things. And uh, look, I'm a huge Guida fan, man. That dude has been fighting forever, and he is fantastic. So congratulations to Guida on uh, on his victory. 
And that left us with uh, good for Jam uh, Jamal Hill with the KO victory over Jimmy Crute. Jimmy Crute is no slouch whatsoever. I really thought he was going to win this, but Hill came to play. And uh, when playtime was over, it was over. And a uh, big win for Hill there. Uh, first round, just 48 seconds in. Raphael Afiziev had the big KO victory over Brad Riddell. Is it Riddell, Riddell or Riddell? It's Riddell. Uh, late in round number three in the lightweight division there. And then the ageless wonder. You thought Captain Caveman, Clay Guida's performance was great. Jose Aldo, with the unanimous decision win, he beat Rob Fine. He did. At least four rounds to one, if not five to oh. Josie Aldo with the unanimous decision win versus Rob Font. Rob had his chances. This was supposed to be his coming out party, but Josie Aldo, man, he, he's got better things to do. And so he did. Now, let's get into UFC 269. It's coming up this weekend. December 5th, or December, why did I say 5th? December 11th. It's not even the 5th now. I don't know where I come up with that. I guess we're getting final battle pulled up here. Cool. We'll talk about that in a minute. All right. UFC 269, it is Oliveira versus Poirier. It baffles me how Josh Thompson, Josh the Punk Thompson, continues to say, put a Y in, in Poirier. It's poor, like you're pouring yourself a beer, poor EA. And he keeps saying Poirier or something. I don't know, he's saying it weird. But anyway, the fight card for that uh, for UFC 269. Some of the bigger ones that I think you would enjoy watching. The opening match is Priscilla Cochera versus Jillian Robinson. Yeah, that Jillian Robinson. I got to I got to take Jillian Robinson in this one. Uh, Priscilla is gonna is is gonna be battling hard, but Jillian I think can pull this out. So I'm gonna take Jillian in this one. Other fights I think you should check out. Miranda Maverick in the women's flyweight division is going to take on Aaron Blanchfield. Miranda Maverick looking to uh, really surge forward ahead in the division. She is a slight favorite over Aaron Blanchfield. And I, I'm going to take Miranda Maverick. Take Miranda Maverick. Uh, Pedro Munoz is going to take on Dominic Cruz. Unreal. That could be a main event any other time in the bandweight division. Um, God, I'm going to take Dominic Cruz in that one. Ty Tuafasa is a slight favorite over Augusto Sakai in the heavyweight division. Ty Tuafasa, man, he's, he's a big dog, and he's going to throw some heavy hands. Augusto's going to try to get after it, too. He's got some, some, uh, he's got some heavy hands as well. That should be a fun one. I'm going to take Ty Tuafasa. Uh, Bruno Silva is going to take on Jordan Wright. I think Jordan Wright, man. Go with him. 12-1 versus 21-6. and six. 
Silva's been fighting for a long time. This is all on uh, ESPN2 or ESPN+. Plus. Let's see. We've got Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige. Ige is a slight dog. Nothing personal with Josh Emmett in the featherweight division there, but uh, Dan Ige is a slight dog, plus 145. Take Ige. Uh, Raulon Paive is taking on Sugar Sean O'Malley. Of course, for Sugar Sean fans here, take O'Malley. And I'm going to say his hair might be purple. It's always crazy or different. Let's let's see what he ends up getting into. Um, Cody Garbrandt is a slight favorite over Kai Cara France in the flyweight division there. I'm going to take Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt looking to prove a lot of stuff. Now we're to the top three. That is Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio in the welterweight division. Jeff Neal does some really good things. Ponzinibbio is the slight favorite. I'm going to say... Take Santiago Ponzinibbio. And if it wasn't Charles uh, Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier for the lightweight heavyweight ti- or the lightweight title, then Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena for the women's bantamweight title would be the main event. But that fight is slightly better, or slightly bigger. Um, I'll be honest. Somebody's going to beat Amanda. And I think it's going to be before Kayla Harrison can. I'm going to take Juliana Pena. I have nothing against Amanda Nunes. She is one of the best fighters of all time. But I think her luck's about to run out. And I'm going to say Juliana Pena is going to be your new women's bantamweight champion. And then Charlie Oliveira. Charles Oliveira. Is going to defend his lightweight title versus Dustin Poirier. Some people think Poirier is distracted by Conor McGregor wanting to fight him whenever Conor Cristiano is on two feet again. I don't think he's distracted. But I do think everybody keeps waiting in the same way that I keep picking against Amanda Nunes. Everybody thinks that anybody, the next challenger, is going to beat Charles Oliveira. As good as Poirier is, I'm going to take Charlie Oliveira, Charles Oliveira, to win this fight. It's going to be spectacular. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. But take Charlie. Charles is going to get that one done. And then finally, final battle for Ring of Honor. I think they're going to have one more, some TV tapings. They've already done them, but they're going to show, they're going to air this week. And that's going to lead up to December 11th in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, the tagline of this one is the end of an era. End of an era. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Ring of Honor. I hope, I hope they keep going. But if they don't, it's been a hell of a run. Um, let's see. It's not been announced yet, but there's going to be a 10-man tag team match. They're just going to get in as many people as they can. Um, Eli Isom 
Taylor Rust and Tracy Williams are going to take on Violence Unlimited, Brody King, Homicide, and Tony Deppin in a six-man tag team match. There's going to be a fight without honor, which makes it a, a no-DQ match, basically, between Kenny King and Shane Taylor. It's either going to be a cluster or it's going to be the best match of the card. Because those, I'm a big Shane Taylor fan. I look forward to see where he goes. And Kenny King, product of Atlanta right here down the road, WWWA4. Great training facility. Um, the OGK, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, who are the tag champs, are going to take on the Briscoe Brothers, otherwise known as Mark and Jay, for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. I would tell you this is almost a tell sign here. If the Briscoes win the Tag Team Championships, then this is probably Ring of Honor's last show ever. Because the Briscoes have meant so much to Ring of Honor that if they are the Tag Team Champions at the very end, I think that's fitting. I just I think that's where they're going to go with it. Because that's going to have a lot to do with the next couple matches. Uh, Josh the Goods Woods is going to defend his pure title against Brian Johnson. I think Josh Woods is going to win that because it's fitting that he keeps it at the end. Like I said, I almost feel like this is the end. I hope it's not, but it's just a lot of signs. But we'll see. It's wrestling. It's not saying you can't respawn. It's not saying they don't take a break and they do what they want to do. But for these six-man tag team uh, championships, Shane Taylor promotion, which is going to be Khan, Moses, and O'Shea Edwards with Ron Hunt, is going to take on The Righteous, Vincent, Bateman, and Dutch with Vita Von Starr. I think Shane Taylor promotion should keep it. I, I really I like both these teams. The Righteous, Vincent has done some fantastic things. But I, I think Shane Taylor Promotions deserves to keep those belts. Um, Dalton Castle is going to be in a match for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. His opponent has not been determined at this moment. Rock C is going to defend the Women's World Championship against Willow. Ex-Gibbard and her last name again, Nightingale, here. Uh, Roxy is probably more than likely going to retain. I really thought Mandy Leon was going to win the number one contender because they always wanted to build her into something at Ring of Honor and just haven't quite gotten to it yet. I thought maybe she would win it from Roxy. But uh, I'm going to say Roxy keeps the belt. And then finally, Bandito versus Jonathan Gresham. Ring of Honor world title match. I think Jonathan Gresham wins it. He's meant so much to Ring of Honor as well. Bandito's good, but to go out, Jonathan Gresham is your champ. I think it's 100% the direction they're going to go. Uh, if this is the last of Johnny Gargano and NXT, thank you for everything. And then some. We could never repay you, Johnny Wrestling, for what you've done in NXT alone. If this is the last of Ring of Honor, same thing. Thank you guys for, for all the great memories and for building all of of today's stars and tomorrow's stars that are everywhere that that use Ring of Honor as the launching point for their careers. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. But I am Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to another great edition of Strong Style. You guys know all the places you can follow us. 
rest of the shows will be coming later this week. We will see you guys next week. Go watch fighting. Go watch wrestling. Deuces, gooses. And more importantly, thank you, Johnny Gargano. Thank you, Rick Alonso.